this is Lucas from Salesian Sports Broadcasting, and today I am here for the week, uh, I mean, for the, for our second NBA recap, and today I am followed by... Joshua, a.k.a. number one Knicks fan. <laughs> Sean. Nick. Uh, yeah, so, as a tradition here, we're from New York, we're going to talk about our New York team, and what a better way to start off than the most successful New York team as of right now, the New York Knicks, ladies and gentlemen. I think the Knicks, I think Knicks fans, like always, put a lot of expectations and hope on their team. And I think this year, uh, I think this is their peak. You know, you look at their record, they're 5-5. Five and five. For the most part, I believe that if the Knicks are going to be a good team, or a play-in team, a serviceable team, they will be 500 at best. I'm pretty sure last year they were about 7-8 games under 500. I think adding Brunson adds you seven, eight wins. They will, they will be in the mix if they continue playing like the way that they're playing. Uh, it's gonna be tough. I think one takeaway we have to be here is uh, we have to talk about here is Julius Randle upping his play. He's scoring more, rebounding more than what he did last week. And Jalen Brunson, uh, not only being a scorer but also. Um, Spreading the rock as he had eight assists against the uh, the Wolves and he's averaging around six seven. R.J. Barrett, uh, he's a projection. He's starting off somewhat on the cooler side, but it will get better. This next team again, they will be a five hundred team. They won't be good enough to uh, beat the the top teams in the league, but they will be good enough to compete with teams on their level and teams for far worse than them. I disagree with almost half his statements that he said. He just came here talking with so much, like you can hear the hatred in his voice. I gave them like, respect. Like some of the respects, RJ Barrett's not at his peak yet. He's he's he comes back for having three great games. He's shooting better now. He's not starting off the season cold because he started off the season like he couldn't shoot for the life of him. Let's not lie. Like it took him three it took him three games to make a three pointer, which is kind of sad. I but he's gonna he's gonna heat back up. He's gonna. We're gonna beat the Nets tonight. We're gonna become six and five. Six and five. The team, in my opinion, hasn't peaked yet because we still have draft picks. We still have players getting better, and and I believe we're one trade away or multiple or multiple trades away. We can get like the next star that wants out, the next guy who wants out. Cause there's always every season there's always one player that wants to leave for some reason. And think about it. We are the team that have draft picks. We are the team that has a great we have a great I mean, okay culture at best. Let's not lie. I'm not a believer in Tim Thibodeau. You're not a believer. Tim Thibodeau is bad. Tom Table no Tom, Tom Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Get it right, please. Get it right. He is a okay coach. Okay coach. He has a worse Doc Rivers, and Doc Rivers is horrible. You're a bandwagon, so like I'm you're not a bandwagon. a bandwagon. I'm not a bandwagon. You know this this next team is just. I mean, they're five and five. I mean, they're not the worst, um, and they're not the best. Um, I mean, you have people like R.J. Barrett averaging twenty points a game. It's not bad. Nine rebounds and three assists. Um, that's not that bad. Um, R.J. Barrett is averaging 19, 5, and 2. I mean, he could do a lot better than that. I mean, maybe he could heat it up the next couple of weeks. Maybe he can't. I mean, you never know. Um, but I mean, I don't see this Knicks team's 
I don't see this Nick this Knicks team being a playoff team. Maybe a play in might lose to a, a play in team. But I don't see him making it far to the playoffs and I don't see this team going far. You know, as much as I like to uh you know uh, praise my New York teams. The Knicks are painfully mid. I mean, they have, they are five and five. They've given, uh, they've given up a thousand a hundred fifty points. They have scored a thousand a hundred fifty points, and are fifteenth in um, in uh, uh, in SOS, which is uh, basically. Uh, like the tough, uh, the tough as many tough teams as you play. Like uh, basically, if they play like the Grizzlies one night and then they play like the Jazz another night, so that's basically how that works. But um, again, they're just super mid. Um, I think they'll finish playing, losing the plan. That's my opinion on that. But you know, R.J. Barrett. Uh, and Julius Randle, I mean, they just have to pick up the team. You know, they're, they're the stars. They just have to do it. So. This next team we are going to talk about is the Brooklyn Nets, ladies and gentlemen. Now, last week we have spoken, and most of us were verbal, on Kyrie Irving being a cancer to this locker room and the reason why this team doesn't have much success and again, I was proven right. Uh, it's one thing that stays consistent. Most of my theories and most of my philosophies about sports stay true. The Nets are on a three-game win streak without Kyrie Irving. Or no, they're they're two and one without they Kyrie Irving the on game. the floor. Yeah, they lost to the Dallas Mavericks, arguably MVP Luka Doncic. Um, main takeaway here: one guy that has really stepped up his role since Kyrie was gone is Cameron Thomas. He's been amazing for them. Cam Thomas has, he's been everything that they hoped for. Um, Yudawan Anand, whatever that name is, he's, he's also been fantastic. And we've seen Nick Claxton actually be a serviceable center right after Kyrie is gone. I think this really just comes to show you that the intangibles of Kyrie is, is very toxic in a locker room and him not being able to communicate fairly with his teammates and maybe showing up to practice and being very quiet since he is so controversial. Uh, I think get rid of this controversy and this drama and this next team becomes successful. I mean, it's going to be led by KD. And ultimately, again, I don't think KD can lead a team. He's not very vocal. Uh, he's not uh, you know, a strong presence as Luka and LeBron where you know he's going to get his team rallied up. He's he's sort of a he's sort of a lead by example. So I'm gonna do my thing. I need you to do your thing instead of being vocal about it. But we'll see about the Nets. Again, I just don't see this team going that far. I believe the Nets. They have a bunch of great pieces, but if you're realizing now, I don't think Kyrie Irving was the reason why they were losing. Let's not lie. Ben Simmons has been disappointing this season. This season, like. All the shots he's been taking, all the shot selections he's been taking. He can't play with Nick Claxton on the field, on the on the court, my bad. It's kind of sad to see because Nick Claxton is really, like, having those two together is basically having two guys, two guys in the paint. And Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons just, he's trying, but he's be, he became a washer, like, 
like Draymond, but Draymond can actually do more for the team. Cam Thomas, everyone, since last year, everyone been talking to him. I think he's a future great player. He needs to get out of Brooklyn, in my opinion. He needs to get traded. I feel like the Nets are gonna tra- are gonna trade him. They can still use the assets and get a great center. I would use like Cam Thomas, Ben Simmons, and the picks they got from Philadelphia just to pack them up in a trade. Cause you can probably get elite or a t- or like a top ten big man, or like if someone's trying to sell out the team, if some if the team's trying to trade for better candidates. And I think Kyrie is gone. I think the Nets this season. This season is a make or break season because Kyrie, he's not returning. They might release him, actually. They might release him, and Kyrie might play with LeBron. I, I hope that. That's my hope. If they release if they release Kyrie, KD is just going to want out because KD was already told, like, he was already, he already wanted to be out of the Nets, in his opinion. And he didn't um, leave because no team wanted to give up the buying price since Rudy Gobert got traded. That messed up the trade. That messed up the trade system, and no one just wanted to deal with that. So from seeing the Rudy trade, I feel like no one's going to do, um, no one's going to try to overdo it, but it's still a top five player in the NBA right now, right now for someone. So the Nets are probably going to rebuild this se- um, next season following the loss they have in the playoffs and their two superstars basically give up um give up on the team like basically what they did in the summertime yeah i mean this nets team um josh i'm gonna just gonna put this out here i'm not gonna argue with you um i think their center wise nicks claxton is the best option they have i mean he's absolutely doing amazing right now um i think if they stick with him he's gonna be a, a solid uh, piece for this offense, getting averaging 15 points, um, t- double-digit rebounds. Like, I think you have they don't really have another center that could really do that. I mean, and then Ben Simmons needs to just sit on the bench and play for like a minute and a half. I mean, it's just there's no other. I mean, unless he starts going six or eight with five threes, I mean, there's no other way you can put it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with that. Uh, with that Nick Claxton uh, statement, actually. I mean, as a Nets fan myself, I mean, I I absolutely love Nick Claxton. I think he's you know the definitely the best option for us, honestly. Uh, Kyrie situation, honestly, get rid of him. Like I know nobody else is gonna want him. Trade him for Russell Westbrook for all I care, honestly. Uh, I just I need the controversy out. The controversy needs to go. If I was Joe Sy, uh, I would get him out right now. Um. You know, I mean, you know, the controversy is, you know, it's, I just wish that, you know, players like uh, Kyrie would just shut up, you know, they, they, they just need to, uh, you know, play the game and uh, yeah, don't really worry about that other stuff. But um, another thing I wanted to add on was uh, Lucas saying LeBron um, rallies his team up, you know, and everything. And um, I'm going to have to disagree. I mean, he's not really the team leader right now. Look at Pat Bev. Pat Bev is the one rallying this team right now. Pat Bev is the one rallying the Lakers. That's why they're winning one game. Uh, what, what do they have? Two games won? Yeah. They had that, that game winner by Matt Ryan. That was kind of funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, Pat, Patrick Beverly. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but other than that, I mean, yeah, uh, I also have to agree with Kevin Durant not being vocal. I mean, you know, you're not going to be a team leader like that. Like, it's it's very different from the Warriors situation because the Warriors had vocal guys like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond. Draymond. KD doesn't have that. KD just scores and doesn't say anything. Um, that's why I think he was always the second man on that team. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you know, the, the next offseason, I don't think the Nets are going to do anything this season. I think the Knicks are going to do more than them this season. But honestly, um, New York's going to have a change. Brooklyn's going to have a change this next offseason. We're, we're going to have a big changes are coming. This next team we are going to talk about, ladies and gentlemen, is the Milwaukee Bucks. We were very high on the Bucks last week, and my prediction stands the same. I am still going to be big on Milwaukee Bucks. They did lose one fluke game to the Atlanta Hawks. It's the NBA. They're not going to go 82-0, and nor are they probably going to go 73-9. and um, I think the main takeaway here is the Bucks are beating up on bad teams, and, you know, they're doing – what they're supposed to do. The good teams, they're beating good teams, and on bad teams, they take care of business early. Uh, you know, Giannis, almost every star player or superstar player he has faced, he has utterly dominated, and he is doing this without his number two guy, his true number two guy, Chris uh, Chris Cash Middleton. Um, listen, this Bucks team is going to be scary. They are a defensive team, and they also have – Unlimited offense with Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, you you put it in the paint for him, and he's going to get you points. Uh, this team is going to be scary, and this is the next like th- like this is the the new top team in the East. Uh, it it took the Celtics seven games to beat the Bucks last year without Chris Middleton, without Brooke Lopez, and without Sergi Baca, and now that you know the Bucks are fully healthy. The only thing holding them back is their health. If Brooke Lopez gets injured again or Holiday gets a setback or Middleton can't come back in time and, you know, role players get injured, it's going to be a rough season for the Bucks. But as of right now, they're looking really, really good. And nothing but positive things to say here in my MVP vote. Might have to be honest. I disagree with the statements you're making right now because those statements are so bad. Let's not lie. The Bucks, the Bucks. You're saying the um, you're saying Boston got lucky when they beat the Bucks because Chris Middleton is injured. It's basketball. It happens. We all know. I I believe the Boston Celtics could have still won. It would have been seven. It was. It wouldn't been like a blown out like game seven. But let's not lie. Bas- it's a part of the sport. Everyone gets injured. It is what it is. The Bucks this season though. I still think they're pretenders because, like, the 2020 – because, in my opinion, the 2020 – I think it was the 2021 season when they won the championship. Yes, that was – it was two pretenders fighting each other for the playoffs. They placed a bunch of injured teams. The Nets the Nets had Kevin DeCant. He couldn't solve – he couldn't finish the team. And and the Phoenix Suns faced a bunch of injured teams, like – Yo, like Jokic without um Jamal and and what is it called? They also faced um what is it called? Um Lakers without AD. Um, they also faced um L um Clippers without what is it called Kawhi. So 
two just um just two teams that got lucky by injury making it to the finals. I st making it to the finals is kind of like it's just a fluke year. They're not gonna repeat. I believe Giannis is gonna win MVP though. Like I'm like he's doing some like this year he's going insane defensive. He might win a he might win an MVP and a defensive player of the year. He's number one on the defensive player of the year track um tracker. And I believe the um, the Atlanta loss was not a fluke. Atlanta, I feel like they could be the next up and coming team that replaces the, replaces the Heat because like the Heat this year have been so bad. Yeah, so um, I'm I'm just gonna have to say, I mean, the Bucks have been just fantastic. I mean, eight and one. This is not a fluke. Without Middleton and without Lopez, they are they are absolutely insane. Um, the Celtics, uh, I have to disagree. There, there's no way I can agree with with them winning in seven, even with the injured players. That that makes no sense. Um, Chris Chris Middleton would have put forty on their heads in Game Seven. We all know that. But anyway, yeah. Uh, but it was uh the Bucks. Getting their first loss, I mean, to a team as stacked as, you know, I mean, I think DeJounte and Trey have such good chemistry already uh, with the season starting. I mean, they, they, they show it, too. And John Collins has been, you know, the perfect four for them right now, I think. Um, but Giannis obviously still up there for MVP. Uh, I'm going to have to say probably Luka is my MVP still. I, I just can't get past it. Um, and another thing I had to go over was uh, Kevin DeCant is, uh, you know, outscoring um, your two best players right now. So I think combined, uh, they still probably wouldn't be able to take them down. So tonight we have Nets versus Knicks. So you know who I'm going for. You know, Kevin, Kevin DeCant is going to score 50 points and beat the Knicks. That's going to happen. All right. Um, Julius Randle, one for four. Let's this go. next team we're going to talk about, Sorry, one for 15, ladies and gentlemen, is the Phoenix Suns. Now, last week we spoke on the Suns staying consistent. And this is no surprise to me as a very enthusiastic Devin Booker fan. I love the Phoenix Suns. And as long as their core stays healthy, they will be a consistent team, and they will be a competitive team in the NBA. Um, there is one takeaway, though. They lost to Portland again, so it seems as if they have problems being or, or getting past Portland. And my, like, in the last game when they lost to Philly, Chris Paul did go down, and you saw their offensive consistency and efficiency. It was slimming down. Last year, when Chris Paul was injured, that was their rough stretch of games, arguably why they lost around 11, 12 of those 17 games that they really lost. Um, Phoenix will still be a competitive team. Let's not get me wrong, as I think Cameron Payne is now becoming a veteran. He's, he's established himself. He's becoming more experienced with the sport. But I just don't like the amount of shots he's, take, he's taking and... It's really just going to limit Booker because now these teams are really going to have to focus on Booker. And 
without Chris Paul setting him up uh, with great passes and running the fast break. Uh, it's going to be hard, but the Suns, believe it or not, they're still going to be they're still it's going to be a top team in the West. Um, I think this is the team to beat in the West. Every other Western Conference team, despite the Jazz, the Phoenix Suns, and the Portland Trailblazers, all look really beatable on days, and they don't look as consistent as them. Especially Dallas, they just they just have stretches where they make every shot, and then other stretches where they just can't make a single shot. But Phoenix, you know, Chris Paul injury is going to be detrimental. It's going to be brutal, but they will stay competitive, and they will still be a top team in the I mean the West. Phoenix, honestly, they're frauds. They're frauds, like in my opinion, like last year. Like look at them losing to Dallas in seven. It was you guys were up by how much? You guys, you guys got blown out. Devin Booker, Devin Booker, quote unquote best shooting guard in the league, getting cooked by Luca. Luca, they had the chance to pick Luca. I still think you guys losing to, um, you guys losing to Portland is kind of scary because like they had no Damian Lillard. Anthony Simons didn't play. I know he didn't play because I haven't won my fantasy, and I'm like, you guys must be trash, like a new level of trash. Like, I ain't going to lie to you. Chris Paul, he's not the only player that I hope to succeed. Like, I hope Devin Booker and Chris Paul to succeed. I have them on my fantasy. So, I would honestly, like, I'm hoping you guys don't fail me this year. I'm hoping you guys. Because you guys are kind of showing, like, you guys show so much tendencies of being, like, you guys are a regular season team, not like a playoff team. Like, it reminds me of Dallas in the 2000s. You guys remind me of Dallas in the 2000s. You guys had a great regular season. Like the 2007 Dallas Mavericks. You guys had a great regular season, but couldn't live up to the playoffs. You guys, it's kind of scary. But other than that, my Knicks are going to beat his nuts. Knicks, Nick was being ignorant, so pass it up to Lucas. Um, I mean, yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's going to be rough for Phoenix without Chris Paul. But uh, we'll just see how... Things play out. This next team I want to talk about is a very surprising team, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Golden State Warriors, as they are uh, as they advance four and seven, dropping games against Sacramento, New Orleans, Miami. Uh, this Warriors team has been. I mean, they've just been horrible. I I understand. You know, you're the remaining champs, and if there's one thing. We expected from the Warriors, even if they had a slow start, is to at least be 500. But you are three games under 500 right now. And I think there's a lot of problems with the Warriors. Um, Wiseman not being as efficient as they hope. Um, Jordan Poole being super inconsistent. Their bench just has no defense. Their starting lineup, it like their their offensive pace is usually really, really fast. But this year, with an aging Curry, a recovering Clay Thompson, they just like they, they don't look as fast anymore. They even lost to the Orlando Magic, ladies and gentlemen. This team, they gotta start picking it up. Uh, the Western Conference is really stacked right now, and their games don't get any easier. I mean, they ha- they face the Cavs tonight. They face Phoenix again. Um, and they're gonna face the Pelicans again, somewhere down the road. Uh. Listen, Steve Kerr is a mastermind coach, though. He will find a way to get this team at least to 500, at least in the plan, as we saw during the COVID year 2020. They at least were in the play-in game. 
I think one of the main focuses here is the defensive part. Last year, they were a top three defensive team pretty consistently around all year. Now that you see their defense drop to the 15s, the lower 20s, we start to see really a team that scores a lot, but can't stop the other team. I mean, like, and then you can't stop teams like Orlando and Sacramento. It took Curry to drop 47 points against the Sacramento Kings. You know, that Harrison Barnes had a terrible game. And Keegan Murray didn't play to his full potential, and they only won by three. Uh, this Warriors team is, it's really just becoming a scary situation for them. I had a conversation with a Warriors fan all year, and I told them um, how your Warriors are kind of looking. Honestly, it's, they're looking terrible. Like, like no defense. Like, they're not even playing, not even playing above average defense, in my opinion. Stephen, I told him how Steph Curry needs to drop 47 for you guys to win against the Kings. And and they didn't even get the call at the end when they hit Kevin, um, when they hit, um, what's his name, Kevin Horder? Yeah, when he when they hit his hand when he was shooting. Honestly, I, the Kings should have won that game. And or got into OT and could have won that game, in my opinion. But it took them that, it took them... The luck, the luck of a ref and Steph dropping forty-seven to kind of win that game is kind of scary. Just think of the next few games they're gonna have without um, and if it's close, they maybe call it. And just to have like people like, um, people like in like they're scoring great, a great ton, but like when they have like James Wiseman on the field, like on the court, their plus minus goes down. Like he has a bad plus minus. Like championship roster can't even play their second round draft um second round um second pick of the draft, and he's not good because how they played him differently in summer league and now, and he's not used to playing basketball. So he has to try to um play up to his um play up to his potential. I feel like he'd be a better six man off the bench, no like seven man with Jordan Bull. Him and they could go crazy off the bench in my opinion. And yeah, an interesting thing to mention here is Steve Kerr was very vocal on Draymond Green and Klay Thompson. They might not be playing back-to-backs all year when he was asked because um, Draymond, like there was a game where Draymond, Steph, and Klay all took rest days. He said Klay will, I mean, he he said Curry will play back-to-back games, but Draymond and Klay might never play back-to-back games this year. Which I mean, you, you like you have to think about it. This team, this team, if they don't pick it up sooner rather than later, they're going to be uh, sort of in a space where they don't have margin, um, or um, they don't have time for margin for error. And with the West being as as dense and as as competitive as as like it's ever been uh, in the modern era, uh, the Warriors. They're not in any time to start losing games, so they're gonna have to learn how to play with Clay and uh, and with Dre, and then without Clay and Dre. This next team I want to talk about are the Cleveland Cavaliers. If there's one team over the offseason that proved me wrong, it was the Cleveland Cavaliers. I did not believe that their team was gonna prevail and be a top team in the East solely off of defense. When you have a lineup of Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. 
you know, your two backcourt guards, really shifty, really efficient offensively, but defensively undersized for both positions, coming in at 6-1 and 6-3. And, you know, I mean, they haven't been great defensively. Isaac Okoro shows signs, but he's nothing super consistent. Mobley and Allen, again, they have their defensive ways. But ultimately, this Cavs team has, I mean, they've just been great. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, uh, in fact, I mean, he's just been the carry for this team. There's nothing else, else to say. Them picking up Donovan Mitchell was just, it, it really was that missing piece for Cleveland. He's just dropping at least 28 a night. That's what he's averaging, but he dropped 33 against the Lakers. Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell now, we're starting to see that they can play together. And Kevin Love being a culture guy for this team and being the great six-man off the bench. He's giving you buckets and rebounds, really setting up the tone for the the lineup that he's playing with. Uh, this Cavaliers team, they're very deep, you know, rotation-wise. And, I mean, they're going to make it far. They really will if they keep playing the way that they are. And, again, it's all about just health. But if they do stay healthy, there's going to be a top team in the East and a very hard team to beat. Honestly, from watching the two, um, watching the two trades that the Jazz did, trading Donovan Mitchell for basically nothing, in my opinion, like Laurie Markin, he's been a great player, so the Donovan Mitchell trade kind of helped out for both of them. But the um, but from the um, Cleveland having a great like season at start and seeing Donovan Mitchell do well, basically playing like an MVP caliber player, is kind of. Frustrating for me because everyone thought Donovan Mitchell was going to go on the Knicks. No one thought that. Only yes, everyone thought that. The Jazz. Only Knicks fans thought that. They no, 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 no. The Jazz fleeced. They wanted a quote unquote with Petty and took a, in my opinion, a worse deal. Like a, like in my opinion, just in my opinion, since the, since Danny, since Danny, Danny Ainge is just Petty. He's just a Petty guy in my opinion. Like once a boss, once if you play for Boston. You just, I mean, if you coach for Boston or general manager for Boston, he just has that mentality. But Cleveland doing well is great for great for them. Honestly, I honestly think I honestly didn't think they would do nothing without LeBron James. Let's not lie. Like they almost made the play. They would have been in the playoffs last year if they didn't. If didn't what's his name? If they played consistently and none of the players got injured. And um, they have many. I honestly think they might have a. They might have three All-Stars this year: Jared Allen, um, Donovan Mitchell, um, Darius Garland. Yes, they honestly they could. I see them as a conference finals team at their best. If it depends who they face at the second round, because I would want to see a Cleveland versus Atlanta or Cleveland versus the Box. In my opinion, because Cleveland, I feel like Cleveland is one of the only team that can stop Yon like. Not stop Giannis, but like just somewhat beat Giannis. Some when I say somewhat, but like okay enough. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, this next team I'm gonna talk about is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now I've been very vocal on me not liking the Rudy Gobert trade. Uh, when you look at the Timberwolves, you see a young team, Anthony Edwards. Jaden McDaniels, or Jalen McDaniels, uh, one of those two. Carl Anthony Towns. Even guys like Nas Reed and Jalen Noel. Adding Rudy Gobert, you add age, you add slowness. Gobert, his, 
He's always been a terrible perimeter defender. He 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 has won Defensive Player of the Year in the past, but that's because of his interior ways. We saw Dallas literally attack him in that series last year, where they just passed the ball around, and whoever Gobert landed to fall on, they just took him on an ISO and laid the ball up on him every single time. I I I know that because I saw that Brunson dropped forty eight that game. Uh, I mean, and Rudy Gobert. I think for most of like, I think his just main part is he's not scoring enough. Uh, and he's never really been much of a scorer. And when you're not a scorer, and then you don't play your greatest defense, it it's just it, it's tough for this Wolves team, and they're gonna have to figure things out because Anthony Edwards, he gives you 31 game, and then the next game he gives you 16, 17 points. It, it it's really hurting the team and. Another thing I want to mention is D'Angelo Russell. I think in his last five games, uh, he's just played like utter, like he's just been bad. He's averaging like 10 points on 20% from three-pointer. Or no, it's 15% from three and 20.6% from the field goal range in his last five games. He's only averaged 10 points with 2.8 assists. So, again, their, their, their commander in offense, their point guard, has just not been – it just hasn't – hasn't been consistent for them. Same thing with Anthony Edwards. Honestly, Cat called out Anthony Edwards, and he called him out before, and the media didn't like it. He's trying to help Anthony Edwards become that player that he they everyone's trying to make him become. They say he's the next Michael Jordan, quote unquote, superstar type player. In my opinion, in my opinion, it seems like they got fleeced. They overpaid for Rudy Gobert, which was honestly no one thought no one would have overpaid for him. Like he's a he's he's making four. He's the highest paid big man ever, and I'm like wow, just for that eleven points, few def- defensive way of the year. The Jazz when they the Jazz were probably happy as as possibly. As, as they can when they realize Rudy Gobert was off their roster. They got a bunch of great key role players that they can trade for first round picks. Like they traded, they traded for they traded Patrick Beverly from that deal for T um um THT, which in my opinion he's kind of trash, but like gotta make gotta make profit somehow. They still have multiple multiple types of players they can trade for first round picks, like Colin like Colin Sexton. He's not doing good, in my opinion, because I feel like because Jordan Clarkson is still on this team. So if they need to move him, they're probably going to get a first-round pick or multiple first-round picks for him. I would honestly stay at one. I've seen connections with them, the Bucks, trying to trade for um, Jordan Clarkson, which if he comes on the Bucks on the bench, the Bucks are definitely going to win um, win and make it to the finals because I feel like their bench is the only thing I would kind of touch up on. But uh, but the Timberwolves are looking horrible. Like, they're having a bad start. They lost, like, no disrespect, but they were up by, like, at least, like, at the end of the fourth quarter against my Knicks. And my Knicks were down by, like, 13-6, or 6 We came back and beat them by, um, beat them by, actually, 13. It was 122. It was 120 to 103, which I which I was surprised. I stopped watching the game because I was like, I'm not going to watch Anthony Edwards and cause Anthony Towns beat me. Like I would be displayed. Like, who wants to be who wants to be beat by a guy named Cat? Let's be honest. 
But it's kind of sad to see they gave up so much draft picks for a player that's not really doing what he's supposed to be doing. And I've been seeing some rumors that they're trying to get Kyrie. And if they try to get Kyrie with um, Rudy Gobert, and Rudy Gobert is that type of guy to say some offhanded stuff. Like, you saw what he said about Donovan Mitchell. And in my opinion, Donovan Mitchell was not the problem. It was Rudy. And everyone's like, Donovan. And Rudy is just, Rudy's going to do more of that with Kyrie and, and, and what's, and, Cat, in my opinion, they need a guy who can pass the ball. I would honestly think rookie Rudy, rookie Rubio would do well on this team. In my opinion, they find him, get him back from Cleveland. He has become a better three point shooter, honestly. And he got that inch, but that ACL ACL tear was kind of bad. Just need a pass force point guard, and they don't need no more scores off the bench. No more people that can do that. If Anthony Edwards become more consistent and come back in the NBA form um, right away. The team is going to do well. They're looking like a sixth-fifth seed, and giving up so much picks for that is kind of was kind of unnecessary. And now they think they're fools. Everyone's talking about this team is going to be playoffs contenders. Contenders. They look like pretenders in my opinion. But <sighs> next up, James Harden will be out. For one to one and a half months. I can't really remember the uh, specific injury, but losing Harden is going to be very big. And with Joel Embiid not playing super consistently anymore, uh, this is a big blow for the Philadelphia 76ers. And their schedule just gets harder and harder as the games progress and keep going. Uh, you know, they face the Hawks twice, the Jazz, Milwaukee, Minnesota's. Decent team. Those are their upcoming four or five games. This Philadelphia team, they're in a rough hole right now. James Harden's a huge loss. We've seen how healthy he has been and how much better he looked when he was in shape. For Sixers fans, I would really start to concern and really start to worry uh, the health of this team. And really... One thing I like to take away is when Embiid was injured, why did we start P.J. Tucker at center? I think we signed Montrez Harrell for a reason. And, you know, you still have him off the bench while your starting center is, is injured. That kind of defeats the whole point of a backup center. You know, uh, your starting center goes down, next man up, your backup is going to be up. Uh, listen, Doc Rivers is another thing I... Listen, he, he, he's just really bad for the Sixers team. You know, you have young guys like Tyrese Maxey. And Doc Rivers plays a very slow, very um, old way to play basketball. And we've seen in the past, it's never really worked out for him. Look at the Clippers. He only won one championship with the Celtics, getting beat by Kobe almost every time. And if it wasn't one thing, it was the other with Doc Rivers. He's not a good fit for this team. And moving forward, Sixers are going to be in a rough patch if they cannot find a way to win games. Um, What are you saying about the Sixers? I don't think there's nothing to be afraid of. But, like, the Sixers right now are somewhat poverty, but they have emerging. They have some diamond. They have some diamonds in the colder, in, in my opinion. Like, look at Tyrese Maxey. He has been a great young player. Like, no one thought Tyrese Maxey would be that, would go that like, become this good. Let's not lie. He was playing with Ben Simmons dropping nine points 
in his rookie season just to become just to become dropping. I think he almost dropped twenty um sixteen points last season. Yeah. Just uh, yeah, sixteen points in a great. Everyone thought he saw him becoming the future player, but him to develop this quickly and become he's a top ten shooting guard in top ten shooting guard in the league right now. Him becoming that right now honestly benefits the Sixers because it's gonna show the next phase they're gonna go after or if Joel Embiid wants out, which I see Joel Embiid giving the Sixers two more years then or getting or. Something bad to happen to Joel Embiid to the Sixers just don't want to start big or just wants to trade everyone except Tyrese. And them playing P.J. Tucker just reminds me of um, the Rockets of 2020 when they had P.J. Tucker at center. And I feel like Daryl Morey had something to do with that because um, he was he was the guy in he was the guy control in basically in control of the Rockets since since Mac D'Antoni had him had the Rockets basically like that. And for um, Doc Rivers, honestly, I'm surprised he still has a job. In my opinion, he's kind of trapped. Like, he's the only coach to blow multiple 3-1 leads since Orlando with Tracy McGrady did it, did it with, oh, he did it with four other teams. It's kind of crazy to think about it. Like, this man should not have a job, in my opinion. Like, he, you guys should be looking for a new head coach. Probably go to, like, probably go to college, but college people do not work out. Like, there's only, like, a few college people that work out, let's not lie. And just pick up your losses. This season's not for Joel Embiid. Everyone wants him to win MVP. He's never going to win an MVP. He's just that type of player to, um, to get. Like, honestly, he, he should have won it last year, but it is what it is. The Sixers... The time to shine was 2022, in my opinion. No, 2020. Um, no, two years ago. With No, 2021, yeah. With Ben Simmons. But Ben Simmons fumbled the bag. I don't even blame all of that on Ben Simmons. I blame it on... I just blame it on a coaching. I'm blaming on a coaching and didn't see the proper way to change Ben Simmons. Like, some coach... Some coaches would have done... Would have seen the ways of the team. Like, Ben Simmons wasn't being so timid, but... Tobias Harris as well. I also blame him, and I don't even hear about Tobias Harris in my opinion. Like I haven't. Like what does he does? Yeah, he's been very insignificant for Philly. Part of the reason why they're losing. Uh, this last team I would like to recap is the Dallas Mavericks, ladies and gentlemen. Well, the Mavericks are a very interesting team because last year they 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 were eighth in defense. This year. They're around the same. They're ninth, but now they're eighth in offense. Uh, I think the main focal point and the main focal talking point about the Dallas Mavericks is the man himself, Luka Doncic. My my concerns with the Dallas Mavericks. I'm gonna put it to you in the simplest way possible. Uh, almost every like the Mavericks have played nine games. Seven out of the nine Mavericks games have all been close games, have been decided by a shot or two, which is concerning. Uh, they're not playing freakishly competitive opponents, but you know they're playing some great teams, and they're only winning by like one or two or three. Uh, there was a time where they won by four, but um, Luka staying consistent and being the anchor for this team is is uh, really huge and it's it's honestly just the part 
where uh, it's just the part that makes Dallas that much of a scary team, where all it takes is you know one one good game from a role player, and Dallas is gonna blow you out. But if not, they're just relying on Luca for the majority of the game and Christian Wood. Yeah, Christian Wood has been great at times, but he's also been very inconsistent. For this Mavericks team, I'd like to see them start winning by some spread. Um, it, it, it's just like it, it's concerning how they um, how they win games super close. And um, yeah, uh, Beluka though is looking amazing, and. You know, people have him as uh, as MVP candidates, and it's it's just really just listen. Luca is the carry; he's leading the Mavericks in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. So he he's just been everything for this for this Mavericks team, and he's their their main success. It's time to win. His time to win MVPs now. It's this year is probably going to be Jason Tatum or Giannis. Let's not. Not Tatum. Tatum. I really want. I'm hoping Tatum wins MVP. In my opinion. But, but the Dallas Mavericks have been oh like Luca is doing what he usually does, carrying his team. Um, the Chris the Christian Wood pickup was very nice. He didn't even have to give that much, and him playing six man. I honestly think he might be six man of the year. Wessel Westbrook. Wessel Westbrook has been insane off the bench, like MVP Russ again, MVP. But but I really like if we look at all the teams. In the Western Conference, right? Do you see Luca? You think Luca can handle them? Like Phoenix, I definitely, I'm sure he can beat Phoenix. I don't think he can. If the Warriors are in that position again, he's not beating. He's not beating the Warriors. Um, Portland, yeah, definitely beating Portland. Damian Lillard, he doesn't run from the grind. Like he doesn't run from the grind, so he's not. He's never leaving or never. I don't think he's gonna do something from Portland. Like that team is basically. That team is basically poverty, in my opinion, until Damian Lillard leaves. And Utah, Utah, if they, if they honestly, if they stay in um, the playoff race, I don't know what they're going to be. Like, they're the mystery team. Yeah. And, um, again, the point differential for, for Dallas and, and, and all teams like that. Uh, they The Dallas Mavericks have a point differential of plus 35 this year. Better teams have it obviously higher and the questions that are rolling around it is just really just because of their point differential are they really going to be an early exit um come playoff time and come later in the season when games get closer guys get fatigued and they get worn out so much more easily especially luca we've seen luca have some stretches where he's out he missed a couple games due to injury so it's going to be really rough on that team uh, however, we'll just have to see how the season goes out in place. Uh, that that concludes the second week of the NBA recap. We'll be here next. <laughs>